The third time is the charm for the New York Rangers, who finally defeat the arch-rival Penguins by a final score of 4-2 at Madison Square Garden. Tyler Mott gets targeted by the Penguins in this game, but comes up clutch for the Rangers. The Ranger top line is all over the ice. Chris Kreider scores a pair of goals. Igor Shesterkin continues to find his game. Also, we're going to, in today's episode, give some shout-outs to the... Uh, people who played in the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League and made the postseason this year. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 786 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And so, like I said, the third time the charm for the New York Rangers, they twice lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins earlier this season, both by a final score of 3-2, to two, and the most recent of which occurred earlier this week, and uh, saw the Rangers lose by a final score of 3-2 to two in overtime. So, you know, if you look at it in a very practical way, you can't look at this game and say that it was a must-win game for the New York Rangers. I mean, they're in a pretty good spot as far as making the playoffs are concerned. And, you know, the more time that goes on here, the more and more it looks like the Rangers are going to be uh, the third-place team in the Metro Division. But you never know for sure. That stuff can change. All it takes is for, you know, the Rangers to go on a hot streak or either the Canes or Devils to slump a little bit. That stuff can still change. But when you look at it just from, you know, kind of an emotional standpoint and just the fact that uh, this rivalry is at a fever pitch and the fact that the Rangers have come up short twice against the Penguins this season. It was time to beat this team. You know, the Rangers really need to take down the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were able to do that. Uh, another barn burner of a game between these two teams. And something that I really like about this is if the Rangers lose this game, it'd be rough because they'd be 0-3 or I guess, you know, 0-2-1 against the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. But bottom line, they would have lost all three games against the Penguins uh, so far in the 2022-2023 campaign here. Uh, the fact that they won this game, they now play them again on Saturday, and they have a chance to basically win the season series. And of course, if the Rangers win that game, uh, it would mean that both teams had won twice. But another way to look at this is if the Rangers beat the Penguins in regulation on Saturday— then the Rangers would have gotten five out of a possible eight points in their four games against the Penguins this season because, you know, the one loss happened in overtime. And if the Rangers win in regulation uh, on Saturday, then the Penguins would have gotten just four out of a possible eight points against the Rangers. So you go from, you know, a situation where you could possibly lose all three of the first three games against the Penguins to now you win this one and you could basically take the, the regular season series uh, from the Penguins. And on top of that, the Penguins are the team that's kind of on the bubble right now as far as the playoffs are concerned. The Rangers have a chance uh, to, you know, really do some damage to their rival and a team that they clearly do not like. The fan bases are constantly at each other's throats. And now the Rangers have a chance if they beat them in regulation again, uh, that's two straight losses for the Penguins and no points to show for it. And all of a sudden, you know, they went into last night the top wildcard team, but you know, their grip on that playoff spot could start to loosen a little bit and uh, could be an interesting finish down the stretch. So Rangers have a chance to uh, hurt their rival and get a big win for themselves, which is always, uh, you know, a good thing. And I wanted to start today's episode by you know, giving a special shout out to Tyler Ma. Uh, he did a fantastic job in this game. He was all over the ice. Obviously, the goal that he scored that gave the Rangers the lead, that's what kind of stands out. But uh, Mott was, you know, basically one of the biggest storylines of this game because in the first period, 
know, Tyler Mott's pursuing the puck into the corner. Jeff Petrie is behind him, and Mott plays the puck, and his elbow goes up and catches Jeff Petrie in the face. And it will probably come as no surprise to anybody, any Ranger fan, that uh, Evgeny Malkin and Mike Sullivan were both complaining to the officials about this. And look, I mean, their 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 guy just got hit in the face by an elbow. I can understand them being frustrated. I can understand them being upset to a certain extent. But the idea that you know Tyler Mott did this on purpose, just just viciously, you know, pulled his elbow back, hit Petrie in the face, and and was was out for blood or however you want to describe it, uh, to me is borderline laughable. Now, I guess I can never come on here and say for sure that 100% it was an accident. There's 0.0% chance that Tyler Mott did this on purpose. But honestly, look at the replay here. Mott is not even looking at Petrie. I don't even think he realized he was there. Mott's chasing the puck into the corner, trying to play it, and then, you know, plays the puck and his elbow goes up and happens to catch Petrie in the face. It's unfortunate. And obviously, I hope Petrie's okay and there are no issues there. He didn't come back to this game. Um, But again, the chances that Tyler Mott did this on purpose are slim to nil as far as I was concerned. But don't tell that to the Penguins because Tyler Mott was a marked man uh, for the rest of this game. He had a situation where uh, Joseph, a little bit later in the first period, ended up going shoulder to chin to Tyler Mott, and that certainly looked like it was on purpose. Look, I realize I'm hosting Locked On New York Rangers, and maybe a little bit of bias creeps in every now and then, but... I mean, watch the replay. He clearly goes up with his shoulder, catches Mott in the jaw. Mott goes down. He ends up le- leaving the game uh, for a little while, came back a little bit later in the first period. But man, Tyler Mott just takes a beating out there. It wasn't just this game. Mott is constantly, you're in the middle of everything, and uh, he takes a lot of punishment, but he always comes back strong uh, after you know that happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, on this shift here, when Joseph got... Mott with his shoulder. That was the culmination of the Penguins uh, basically targeting Mott for that entire shift. And I I didn't happen to notice this watching it live, um, but I'm going to take the word of Sam Rosa and Joe Micheletti. They said that that was the third time that Mott had been hit uh, during that shift. So it certainly seemed like the Penguins were kind of out for some payback there after Mott took out their guy and they finally got him. Like I said, Joseph with a shoulder to the chin of Tyler Mott. And again, Mott had to leave for a while, came back later in the first period. But there was poetic justice later in this game because by this point, the score was tied at one to one. And you've got Mott stealing the puck, going in hard on the four check. He went five hole and scored on Tristan Jerry. That gave the Rangers a two to one lead. But the best part about this play for me is the fact that he stole the puck from Joseph, the same guy that got him with a shoulder to the chin earlier in the game. He buries his shot, goes five hole. And uh, this is also a good opportunity to just mention the fact that the Ranger fourth line is awesome. This is the best iteration. I know I've said this before on this podcast. This is the best iteration of the Ranger fourth line that we've had all season. You got Mott, you got Goodrow, you got VZ. Uh, You know, Goodrow and VZ have played in the top six earlier this year. They don't have to do that anymore now that Tarasenko and Kane are here. But what a fourth line for the New York Rangers. Uh, They do a, a really nice job out there. And while I'm talking about the fourth line, I also have to mention the fact that they're kind of a go-to line for the Rangers uh, late in games when the Rangers have a lead. That trio was out there on the ice with less than two minutes remaining, and, you know, the Penguins getting ready to pull Jerry, and, you know, obviously protecting a one-goal lead, and that's the trio, or at least one of the trios, that Gerard Gallant looks too late in the games to help the Rangers, you know, hang on to a, uh, a one-goal lead, and why not? I mean, all three of those guys, you know, they can... They can help you in a lot of different ways, but I, I think when you look at VZ, when you look at Goodrow for sure, and when you look at Mott for sure, the first thing you think of is you know strong defensive forwards, and they did a great job uh, late in this game. And to kind of compare it to some other players that we've seen play on the fourth line for the Rangers this season, you know, how would you feel with a fourth line of, say, I don't know, say Carpenter, LeCision, 
and um, Ryan Reeves out there trying to protect a one-goal lead with less than two minutes remaining. I get the feeling they wouldn't necessarily uh, go to that line. I know Carpenter, you know, his MO is that he's a good defensive forward as well, but he just didn't really show a whole lot during his time with the Rangers this season, and um, I don't think we'd be nearly as confident in, say, that trio than in the trio that we get in this game. Once again, Mott, Goodrow, and Vizi. And I'm not picking on any of those three players that I just mentioned. I'm just acknowledging the facts here. Uh, that's not going to be a go-to line, you know, Lecision, Carpenter, and Reeves uh, when the Rangers are protecting a one-goal lead. So the Rangers are a much deeper team right now, and that fourth line uh, looks awesome. And I, I think it's only a matter of time before we see, uh, you know, VZ's due for a goal. I'd say even Goodrow's due for a goal. Goodrow had a chance in this game. He stole the puck in the offensive zone, went in toward the net. Some good stick handling on the doorstep by Goodrow. Tried to five-hole Jerry. Jerry made the save. Uh, and, and it's funny that Jerry had such a good game for the Penguins because uh, my understanding, and just looking at the stats, is that he's been killing them recently. And in this game, uh, he was kind of the reason why they stuck in the game. Because early in this game, the Rangers skating circles around the Penguins. Uh, they could have been up like 3 nothing in the first period. Jerry made some nice saves, kept them in it. But props to the Rangers as well, because this is one of those games where I think it's pretty obvious that the Rangers were the better team on the ice, but they never really were able to pull away. And I think a large part of that reason is due to Tristan Jerry. But props to the Rangers for you know twice surrendering the lead, but just sticking with it, not getting all frazzled, not panicking, uh, you know, just sticking with their game and kind of just figuring that they would be the team to come on top if they, you know, kept playing the way that they did. And something else that was really nice is anytime the Penguins tied the game, it wasn't too much longer after that uh, where the Rangers took the lead back. You had Raquel tying the game 14-40 into the second period, and then Tyler Mott, uh, just two minutes and 13 seconds later, he gives the Rangers the lead back. Then in the third period, you've got Jake Gensel scoring 9-09 into the third period. That tied the game for the Penguins. And then uh, Chris Kreider scored let's see, two minutes and 36 seconds after that. So the Rangers, you know, we've talked about how at times they're not sharp in the shift that follows a goal or just in the immediate aftermath of, you know, a goal being scored. Uh, this game, it was the exact opposite. You know, they, they were sharp and they responded after the Penguins had tied the game and, and took the lead back in uh, in relatively short order there. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. Want to, uh, you know, certainly talk about a lot of different things, really, but I want to talk about the Ranger top line, you know, pre pretty much killing it in this game. We got to get Chris Kreider scoring two goals. Big night for Igor Shesterkin as well. And I want to give some shout outs, like I said, uh, to the New York Rangers uh, locked on fantasy players, the, the eight that uh, made the playoffs this season. We're going to get to all that fun stuff in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So do not miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. 
And, you know, when this game was over, I want to shift the attention to the Ranger top line here. I was pretty shocked that, you know, really they, they only had the one goal. I thought they were absolutely buzzing, swarming the entire night, uh, playing in all three zones. Even Panarin, you know, doing some work defensively, I thought. Uh, you had the goal by Mika Zibanejad, uh, just great puck movement all around. You've got uh, Tarasenko with a great play in the defensive zone. He basically, you know, Crosby was getting to a loose puck and had his momentum going toward the Ranger net, which is not good news uh, if you're a Ranger fan. But uh, Tarasenko basically, with one hand on his stick, reached back and just kind of swatted the puck away from Crosby. It goes to Panarin. Panarin with a great pass through the neutral zone, leads Mika Zibanejad uh, into the attacking zone on a breakaway. I mean, Mika was along the boards, but he got to the net, you know, by himself, uncontested, uh, you know, forehands it into the net. Goes over the left shoulder of Tristan Jerry. That gave the Rangers a one to nothing lead. And I thought this was going to be the beginning of just a huge night for that top line. Just kind of a night where they stuffed the, the stat sheet. Uh, that didn't really turn out to be the case. You know, we got goals later from Tyler Mott unassisted. And, of course, the two goals by uh, by Kreider. And Mika got a secondary assist on Kreider's empty netter. But, you know, this top line of, uh, you know, Panarin, Mika, Tarasenko just swarming the entire night. It felt like, especially early in this game, but really throughout the entire game, uh, they were spending the entirety of their shifts in the Pittsburgh Penguins zone. You know, the puck would just never come out. All this great puck movement. They were leaving, you know, these, uh, I mean, I, I was going to say fancy drop passes. That almost sounds like they're showboating and, you know, maybe um, just not being as responsible as you'd like them to be out there freelancing a little bit. That wasn't the case at all, though. They were just some really slick, very crisp passes. It looked like those three were having the time of their life together out there. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of Ranger fans for for a long time have been clamoring for Panarin and Mika Zibanejad to be on the same line. I personally, in seasons past, have favored the two of them being on different lines uh, to kind of just spread the wealth a little bit. But when you add Vladimir Tarasenko and Patrick Kane to your team, that gives you a little bit more flexibility in terms of just, you know, who plays with who and how you want to deploy everybody. So I'm more open, especially after watching this game, to Panarin and Mika uh, being on the same line, you know, in, in on a regular basis than I probably have been ever since the two of them have been teammates. So, uh, and who's going to argue with these results? I, I thought that line again was absolutely fantastic. They also had some good shifts late in this game when the Rangers had a one goal lead. You know, you're getting down to about three minutes remaining, and uh, that line was doing a great job. You know, keeping the puck along the boards in the offensive zone, cycling the puck a little bit, getting a couple scoring chances, but basically just kind of grinding down the clock when the Penguins were down by one goal, and uh, you know, obviously looking for the equalizer. And it's tough to do that when you're pinned in your own zone. And uh, once again, that Ranger top line uh, had a lot to do with that. And like I said, just playing great hockey the entire night, um, playing in all three zones, just a fantastic night for that top line. And I'm pretty surprised that they didn't end up getting a couple of other goals. I think they would have if, uh, you know, Jerry, like I mentioned earlier, did not have uh, as strong of a game as he did. But, you know, again, th this kind of goes, it's not just the top line. They stood out to me more than anybody else, but the entire team really just played fantastic hockey. They defended very well. They skated very well. Uh, this is about as fast as the Rangers collectively as a team have looked at a game all season. You know, earlier this year, back in the fall, when they were going through that terrible slump and they lost six out of seven games or whatever it was, and then uh, Trua basically snapped the team out of its collective coma by firing his uh, helmet against the boards, and then the Rangers got back on track and they started rolling. Um, but something that I mentioned when they were going through that horrible stretch of hockey there was that it looked like every player on the Rangers was skating around with a piano on his back. And I'm watching these games, and it's early in the season, and I'm just thinking, like, man, did I did I just, like, overrate the speed of every single player on this team? Is, is everybody just not quite as fast as I remembered? 
Um, but now, you know, I mentioned they, they had a piano on their back early in the season. Looked like everybody had a jetpack on their back last night. People were just flying all over the ice, hustling on the back check, all kinds of good stuff. Just, just skating really hard, skating really well, uh, looking dangerous. And, um, you know, this is a game that, like I said, it had it not been for a good goalie performance from Pittsburgh, uh, this would have turned into a route. The Rangers easily could have scored five or six goals in this game. And I, I think it bodes well for the future. Obviously, the Rangers got to play the Penguins again on Saturday. If they come out and play like that, there's no reason to think uh, that they won't get another two points in this game. Uh, but again, you know, th- this is one of those nights where I thought everybody, everybody had a good game for the New York Rangers. But we got to give a shout out to Chris Kreider. He reaches the 30-goal plateau for uh, the second time in his career. And he ends up scoring the game-winning goal in the third period. This is the result of a long rebound. And once again, this came only about two and a half minutes or so after the Penguins had tied the game. So nice to see the Rangers uh, respond here. But you get a long offensive zone possession uh, for the New York Rangers. Uh, Kane swoops around back behind the net. Uh, gets it to Fox, to Trocek, and you've got uh, Kreider there to clean up the rebound. You know, it's weird because Fox took the shot, so I guess it must have hit Trocek on the way to the net. I would have to watch that replay if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I don't remember Trocek being involved in this play, but he is credited with the primary assist. One way or another, though, uh, the puck ends up going to Chris Kreider, and Kreider buries the rebound from the doorstep and gives the Rangers a 3-2 lead, and that, of course, held up the rest of the way. Uh, Kreider also gets the empty netter, and this empty netter was a thing of beauty as well. Uh, Trocek also ends up with an assist on this play. He made a great play, got the whole thing rolling. You know, the Penguins had the puck in the Ranger offensive zone. They're down by a goal. They're setting up shop. They're looking for the equalizer. And Trocek basically challenges his guy right at the blue line. You know, an aggressive play by Trocek there. uh, Tips the puck away from him. And Mika Zibanejad comes away with it. Mika kind of weaves his way through the neutral zone, gains the blue line, passes over to his left to Trocek. Trocek's trying to hit the empty net. By then, you know, a couple Penguins had moved in front of the net, trying to block it, trying to keep it from going in, which they did. But then Chris Kreider gets to the rebound, and he buries it. That's the empty net goal, which is 49 seconds to go. Uh, Rangers up 4-2 at that point. Penguins called a timeout, and... uh, you know, tried to draw something up, but the Rangers obviously uh, went on to win by that final score of 4-2. And as I just mentioned, Chris Kreider now hits the 30-goal plateau for the second season in a row, just the second time in his career. And, you know, coming into the season, I don't, I don't think any of us would have probably expected Chris Kreider to get to 52 goals again. Uh, I made a bold prediction, though, that he's going to get a lot more goals than people realize. I said that he would get to 45 that's looking like a certainly a long shot at this point. Uh, he would have to average about a goal a game the rest of the way. But Chris Kreider having another heck of a season for himself. And uh, like I said, I think that he will get closer to the 52 goals than a lot of people were probably anticipating. How many he's going to end up with, I'm not sure. But you know, there were people thinking that he couldn't get to 30 goals again. And of course, he now has uh, 30 goals and counting for Chris Kreider. Another really strong season uh, for the longest tenured New York Ranger. But we're going to keep everything going in just a second here. I do want to talk about Igor Shesterkin's big night. I had some thoughts on Capo Caco and Philip Hedl as well. I thought this is the best they've played uh, in quite some time. They've been quiet recently. And uh, I do want to also... Uh, Talk a little bit about the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award. Voting is open for that. And I do want to also give uh, some shout-outs to the players in the Locked On New York Ranger Fantasy League. And we're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. All right, so I want to talk about Capo Caco and Filipito. 
the two of them have been scuffling a little bit recently. You know, Philip Heedle, Philip Heedle went on that heater not too long ago. That's a little bit of a tongue twister right there. Philip Heedle went on a heater. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he did a great job. You know, he was providing the Rangers with some secondary scoring, just was a lethal sniper. He's been quiet recently. I think Capo Caco has as well. Uh, but the kid line had some good chances in this game. This is about uh, as close or probably just all around as good of a game as we've seen them play, you know, in the last handful of games here. But, you know, they didn't score, but did some good things, had some good sustained uh, pressure, some good possession in the offensive zone. Uh, Capo Caco drew a penalty in this game, had some really fancy stick work uh, and forced the Penguins to take a holding penalty. Philip Heedle had a chance up the uh, right side late in the first period, uh, had a chance to score. Nice pad save there by Tristan Jerry. Uh, but overall, you know, I, I thought the kid line was swarming. Lafreniere getting some work on the top power play unit. You know, they've obviously juggled uh, the uh, the quintets there, the two quintets on the Ranger power play units. So uh, Lafreniere still on the top line. He's been kind of the net front presence for the top power play unit and had a chance uh, during a scramble at potentially getting a stuffing goal, was not able to do it. Um, but yeah, you know, overall, I just think Lafreniere, Kako, and Heedle one of the better games that we've seen that trio play uh, in the last handful of games here, and hopefully, uh, you know, moving in the right direction, and uh, they'll they'll get it going before the playoffs, and hopefully into the playoffs as well. Something else that I got to give the Rangers credit for, and, and again, you you could we, we could go on for a long, long time today talking about everything that the Rangers did right in this game because I thought they played fantastic. A uh, really good clean game by the New York Rangers. They were not called for a single penalty this entire game, and whether you're the Rangers or any of the other teams in this league, if you're playing the Pittsburgh Penguins and they don't call you for a penalty, you know for sure you played a good clean game because I'll, I'll let you guys kind of fill in the blanks there. But uh, yeah, obviously the Rangers staying out of the penalty box, very important thing to do against a uh, Pittsburgh Penguins team that obviously can make it pay, um, you know, if you're taking penalties left and right. And uh, yeah, great job by the Rangers playing a disciplined game, skating well and avoiding uh, any penalties. Uh, Got to talk about Igor Shosturkin as well. Big night for him. Stops 30 of 32 shots. And as far as the goals that he let in, I'm certainly not going to put the first goal on him. Uh, you know, the Rangers turned the puck over. Ke'Andre Miller tried to pass, uh, you know, from along, basically in the corner, uh, around behind the net to Jacob Truba on the other side of the net. Crosby anticipated the pass, went in there, went behind the net, stole the puck, and just as quickly passed in front to Raquel. Raquel hammers at home. I mean, this happened in the blink of an eye. I don't think there's too many goalies that are going to make the save on this one. Uh, and then later in the game, uh, Jake Gensel scored. Maybe you could argue that Igor might want this one back, but... You know, the Penguins had the puck for a long time in the Rangers zone here. Uh, good offensive zone possession for them, uh, cycling the puck. And then you get uh, Crosby, you know, just making a perfect pass to Gensel. Gensel lets it fly, and he scores. Uh, Igor might want this one back because he got five hold here, and it certainly, I, I would say, was a stoppable shot. But other than this, I mean, if you want to call this, you know, a blemish, it is the only blemish on Igor Shosturkin uh, for this entire game. I thought he was fantastic, did a great job, and slowly but surely rounding into form, becoming the Igor Shosturkin that we all know and love, and not a moment too soon because the playoffs are right around the corner here, and uh, he's the backbone of this team. And, you know, I mentioned this in a, an episode, I believe it was last week, you know, before I took my break there, the little vacation. You, whether you're the Rangers or, or really any team in this league, whether it's this year or five years ago or 10 years ago, we have seen examples of teams that go a lot further than they should have been able to simply because of outstanding goalie play. And we've seen the opposite too. We've seen teams get KO'd pretty early because they just don't get good goalie play at all. So uh, obviously goaltending can make a tremendous difference when it comes to Stanley Cup playoff time. And if we get Igor Shosturkin 
anything resembling to the Igor that we saw last year, uh, then the Rangers become that much more of a threat come Stanley Cup playoff time. I did want to, like I said, uh, you know, give a couple of shout-outs here late in today's episode uh, to the uh, individuals who played in the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy League this season, and uh, I want to do that right now. All right, and so let's go ahead and take a look at the uh, Fantasy Hockey League playoffs here for the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy League, and anybody watching on YouTube can see that I now have this on the screen, uh, the first of our four quarterfinal matchups. So we've got uh, the eight-seeded Kentucky Deeks of Hazard taking on the top-seeded Kings Ring, Kentucky Deeks of Hazard, are coached by Constantine, the Kings Ring coach by Corey. You guys might remember Constantine from last offseason. He joined me on an episode of Locked On New York Rangers. I actually met up with Constantine in the championship game last year. I won it. Uh, so Constantine was able to uh, join me on an episode of Locked On New York Rangers for being the runner-up. Uh, but Constantine taking on Corey this season. And, uh, Good matchup here, but Corey right now with a uh, pretty sizable lead. The way it works is there are 10 stats, six for skaters and four for goalies. Whoever wins the most stats will advance to the semifinals. And uh, right now, Corey, if the week were to end right now, and it will end on Sunday, but if the week were to end right now, Corey would have seven wins, zero losses, and three ties. So Corey would advance uh, if that score holds. But, you know, you never know what can happen. There, There's a, a long way to go here uh, in the week, and these matchups can change on a dime. Um, but... As far as uh, Rangers playing in the uh, Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League playoffs here, there aren't as many as you might think. Uh, there's actually only three as far as these eight playoff teams are concerned, but uh, Corey has one of them. As you can see right there, he's got Jacob Truba uh, on his squad, so we'll, we'll see what happens the rest of the way, but I'll, I'll go a little slower here. For those of you watching on YouTube, I'll kind of just scroll through. Uh, this is Constantine's team right there, and then we've got Corey's team uh, right here, so... Uh, make of that what you will, but uh, yeah, right now, Corey with the edge over Constantine. We'll shift our attention to the number two seed versus number seven seed matchup, and we've got uh, Noel Velasquez, who coaches the Long Beach Sloppy Seconds. He's the number seven seed this year, and uh, then he's playing myself. I'm the number two seed. I got lucky because I won the weaker of the two divisions, which locked me into the two seed. I don't really deserve to be the two seed, but I guess I'll take it. Um, but anyway, uh, currently I have a lead against Noel, uh, seven wins. If the if the week was to end right now, I will have gone 7-2-1 and one against Noel, and I would be advancing to the semifinals. Uh, but like I said, long way to go here. We'll see how it shakes out. And uh, just to give you guys a quick look, those of you watching on YouTube, uh, the this is the team that uh, Noel put together right there. You can see that. And then this is my team right here. Uh, sadly, neither one of us have any New York Rangers on our team. I don't know how that happened. I, I had Kreider last year at least, which was a good year to have Kreider. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, I guess the Rangers were just kind of flying off the board this year, and I wasn't able to take any of them. But to keep uh, everything rolling right along here, our third quarterfinal matchup here, uh, we have got the number six-seeded uh, Let's Go Rangers blue shirts, coached by Dan. Uh, he is taking on uh, the number three-seeded Italy Snacks Off. Uh, coached by my buddy, Justin Greco. Justin's a good friend of mine. Uh, we'll, we'll see how he fares in the playoffs this year. I did have to eliminate him from the playoffs in the first round last year, but maybe we'll meet up again this year. You never know. Uh, but right now, uh, Dan enjoying a you know, slight lead against against Justin here. He's He's got five wins, three losses, and two ties if the uh, week was to end right now. And if that result was to hold, then Dan would be advancing uh, to the semifinals this year. But once again, to just kind of go through the, the, the lineup here, and for everybody watching on YouTube, you guys can see I'm just kind of scrolling through it. That's Dan's team right there. 
and then we keep going down here and we've got uh justin's team as well that's that's the team that justin has put together so we'll see good matchup there we'll see who ends up advancing uh to the semifinal. And then just to round everything out here, we've got our final quarterfinal matchup. We've got uh, the number five-seeded Stratford Nighthawks, coached by Dan. Dan is one of the OG listeners. There's a lot of OG listeners that are uh, part of this uh part of this fantasy league here, but Dan's one of the ones, he's, he's one of the first people that I think like ever emailed me, ever DM me on Twitter, uh, right in the, uh, the early days of locked on New York Rangers. The podcast was really in its infancy back then. And uh, big shout out to Dan for sticking with us, but you know what? Travis is an old school listener too. I believe he's played in the fantasy league all three seasons as well. And, uh, he's got the four seated Pennsylvania punishers right now though. Uh, Dan enjoying a, a pretty sizable lead here thus far in the week. Uh, he, you know, if the week were to end right now, Dan would have eight wins, one loss, and one tie, and he would be advancing to the semifinal over Travis. But like I said, you never know what can happen. We got a couple of days left here, and uh, these matchups can turn on a dime. But once again, to just kind of, for those of you watching on YouTube, go through the rosters here. Uh, there is there is Dan's team right there, the, the Stratford Nighthawks. And then uh, we will also take a quick look here. Dan, of course, has Igor Shesterkin and Filipito. And we'll take a quick look at uh, the Pennsylvania Punishers as well. Uh, that is Travis's team, and, and that's the squad that he's put together there. So like I said, I, I basically just wanted to go ahead and uh, give a shout-out to everybody that, that plays in this fantasy league every single season. It really is a lot of fun. Shout-out to everybody that played this year, and uh, I'm sure we'll do it again next season as well. Uh, but Rangers going to be back in action Saturday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins, definitely looking forward to that. Hopefully the Rangers can, uh, you know, deal them another blow, beat them in regulation. Don't even let them get a point, deal another blow to their playoff hopes. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out, but I'm feeling really good after that win that the Rangers just put up uh, last night against these very same Peng Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a uh, follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. And one last thing I wanted to mention here, voting for the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award is currently underway. I cast my ballot yesterday. I went with Ryan Lindgren, you know, for pretty much all the, all the reasons that I mentioned in our most recent episode, but there's a lot of guys you could vote for this year. I mean, Mika Zibanejad is somebody that definitely comes to mind. Uh, I would say Jimmy Vesey. Uh, you could definitely vote for him. Uh, you know, Jacob Truba, he, he brings it every single night. I know he struggled earlier in the season, but uh, somebody that I think would be a fine choice. Like I said, a lot of different players uh, that you could make a case for this season. If Tyler Mott had been on the team all season, I get the feeling he'd be up there pretty high as well. Um, but yeah, that, that'll pretty much uh, do it for today. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in to the Lockdown New York Rangers podcast, your team every day, and I will see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.